the Sunday Sermons Podcast. So this morning we're talking about joy. If you hadn't figured that out from the video, from the cover of the bulletin, from if you're an Advent fan, uh, we've lit the joy candle now. There's a lot of clues. But no matter how much we talk about joy, I think we tend to always, I know I do, we tend to misunderstand it or kind of underestimate what the scriptures actually tell us is available to us as joy. And this morning we, we want to celebrate that. We want to dig deeper into that together. See, a lot of times we we find joy or we celebrate things that don't make a lot of sense to other people. For for example, around here in East Tennessee, a lot of people really get into UT football. It, it, It doesn't make sense outside of East Tennessee. Sometimes even those of us who root for them, it doesn't make as much sense as others. It made sense back when Peyton Manning was playing for sure. It, it, it's made sense many other times since then, different seasons, different times. But honestly, here, here's the point. This is not knocking UT. This is, this is a, a real point here. Part of why we like celebrating any team or anything like that, we like being fans of certain people or certain ideas like that, is just there's something joyous about being on a team together, getting a bunch of people together to do something, to eat food, to decorate in certain colors, to remember something. It's game day. It's football time in Tennessee. Whatever it is, there's some joy in that. There's nothing wrong with getting together and celebrating birthdays and all those things. It's it's a good, innately good thing. It's also a little dangerous because sometimes, I don't need anybody to raise hands, but I know you all know this. Sometimes you can get a whole bunch of humans going in the same direction and it's a bad direction. But it feels like a good time. It feels like a really great thing. It feels like a celebration. It feels like joy. And so we all just kind of mindlessly end up places we never would have got otherwise. The difference for Christians is we celebrate the source of all goodness. We celebrate truths that don't change. We celebrate things that are real no matter whether we believe in them or not. We celebrate in things that are eternal No matter how things change, it's not dependent at all on whether something is worthy of our praise like most joy is. It's always worthy of our praise whether we praise it or not. That's why James writes this. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. This holiday season, as we get together with friends, as we get together with family, I hope you celebrate not just being together, but I hope you find real joy in that. But I hope that more than ever before this holiday season that we can dig even deeper into the things that are worth celebrating. The true sources of joy that never change no matter what other circumstances we face. Because here's the truth. God is with you. He's with me. He's with all of us. But I want to say it one more time like this because I want you to hear me wherever you are this morning. Those of you who are afraid this morning, you're not alone. A bunch of us are. And God is with you. Those of you who feel broken this morning, 
You're not alone. So do a bunch of us. But God is with you. Those of you who are facing anxiety about real tangible problems or it's just somehow you're just feeling anxious. Either way, you're not alone. There's a bunch of us facing that. We're with you. And much more important, God is with you this morning. That's one of the things we celebrate when we talk about Emmanuel. God is with us. And today, one more time, we celebrate the hope and the peace and the joy that he gives us. And it's all transcendent stuff. Hope is not just for Christians. It's not just like, man, I hope that I like what I eat for lunch today. It's not just a meaningless good wish. We have reason to believe that Jesus is coming back. Reason to believe that God will be with us in the moment, whatever that moment is, because he's got a track record. We can read about it in the scriptures. We can talk to other Christians. We can look back in our own lives and we know. And so the most logical thing Even in moments when we don't sense God's presence, even when it doesn't seem like he's hearing our prayers, the most logical thing remains that he's going to come through somehow. That's hope. And peace is not just a feeling of calmness or or an absence of a feeling of violence. It's wholeness. It's unity. it's, It's a choice to move forward together as we all follow God and his purposes together. And in the same way, joy... Is choosing to see and to celebrate what's good. There's always something good. Even in the hardest times, even in the craziest times, even in the moments when we can't remember that there's something good. Just the other day, I was, uh, somebody was showing me a picture on their phone and that particular day, it was freezing cold here in East Tennessee. And I know for a fact, it's way more freezing cold than I can even imagine a lot of other places in the world. Those are happening at the same time. Are you with me? But this picture was their feet and they're looking over a beach. Right this minute, somewhere in the world, it's hot and sunny and beautiful and you can smell the ocean. There's always goodness going on somewhere. And usually it's in our lives at the same time, but we just don't see it. Are we tracking so far? I hope so. Here's the craziest part. Sometimes joy shows up in a way that scares us. For example, the shepherds and the angels story. There's in that video and we've been talking about it a couple times. In that moment, it says that the angel appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. Exactly. You guys have heard this before. They were scared to death. That was the most joyous moment of their life up to that point, but it did not feel like it at the time. When they told the story later, it was joyous. How many have some stories like that? Where at the, at the time, nobody was having a good time, but those are some of the best times you look back on, okay? I, I know for me that that's some of the best ones ever. Well, I love what the angel says. The angel all, Angels almost always say this when they show up. Do not be afraid. Partly, I think there must be something kind of scary about angels, something imposing about angels. I haven't personally seen one in all their glory at this point, but there's something consistent about that. But I think another reason is because that's something God says all the time. That's something when Jesus grew up, he worked into several of his messages, most notably the Sermon on the Mount that we just went through recently. Do not worry about anything. 
Cast all your anxiety on God, Paul said. Don't be afraid. But this is what they said. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will be great joy for all the people. There's several words and several phrases that we translate into English as joy. This is a very specific one that shows up several times. And if you watch for it, um, you, you can see some extra cool levels of meaning and even really familiar passages. Don't have time to go super deep into that this morning. Maybe we'll do a deep dive soon. But here's, here's, what, here's what I'd like to share for you this morning. The, the word we translate there is kara, and it means Joy in the sense of a celebration. You're responding to something big. Your team finally won. Like when UT finally beat Alabama this seat, this, right? Anybody? Any UT fans? I'm not dissing you. I'm, I wasn't earlier, but that was a good day, right? We're like, whoa, what just happened? It was such a big deal. In fact, some of the UT fans kind of lost their minds and destroyed their own property. That made no sense to me. But this kind of joy, this kara joy is not just a, a peace. That's, that's in there too. We've been celebrating that too. But this is a celebration. It's a response to something. You, you accomplish something and you're celebrating. Something got given to you that you weren't expecting. Something amazing happened. And you're exact. We've had several babies born just in the last couple weeks here at the church. And it's, there's celebration about that. Everybody wants to show their pictures and everybody wants to go, oh my gosh, look how cute. That, that's kara. It's a response to something. And it's closely related to another word, karis. Karis is the word that we translate most often as grace. It can also be translated as favor. And they're actually connected because karis is the kind of gift that always respond, it always creates a natural response of Kara. When you're given something, when something is presented to you, whether you earned it or not, and it's amazing, you want to celebrate. That's why they're so close together. That, that Kara, for example, I, I said there's some other places you might not expect in it. But in the story of the parable of the sower, Jesus' parable of the sower, he said that some of the ground accepted the seeds with joy. They responded to the opportunity to grow seeds by going crazy. My plants don't do that. I know a few people that do that. But, but that's, it's that same. It's a response of, oh, here we go. This is what we do. Seeds, let's grow something. It's, it's that kind of a thing. Or the angels respond with joy when a sinner res- re- repents, Jesus says. They celebrate because something happened that they love. Where Caris is also just a couple verses later in Luke chapter 2 from the Christmas story as it continues. Then Jesus is a small child. It says the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. If anybody deserved God to be good to him, kind to him, that would be Jesus. But I think it's more than that. I think it's also the grace of God was through him. If you were around Jesus you somehow had to have known, even when he was a child, this was God with us. There's something extra going on. There's one more, one more uh, version of this word, this root word, kar, kara, karis, kairete, 
is the command form of it. And it's rejoice, celebrate. For example, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. And that's, that's not, I, I hope I make this clear, that's not saying just be peaceful. That's not saying just endure. That's not saying don't give up. That's saying celebrate, cheer, sing, dance, do something because there is goodness to celebrate. But I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't see it. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. What I'm learning to do more than ever before, and I, this is my hope and my prayer for all of us today, is this. We've got to choose to see goodness. We make a choice to look for it. Would you say that out loud with me? Don't say it if you're telling a lie, but if you, if you even hope to aspire to say this with truth with me, say it. We choose to see goodness. Because the truth is, when we focus on ourselves, when we focus on our own feelings, if our own expectations are being met, or if, if other people are doing things the way we wish they would do them, how much we're enjoying certain moments and certain traditions and certain things that are happening, we're never going to find joy. Some of the most miserable people on the planet are rich and famous and have a whole bunch of stuff that you would imagine would make them happy, but they don't. We have to choose to see it. This is a choice that we make. And as Christians, if nothing else, there's usually in the moment, there's some things that we could choose to see and there's going to be great things. But if nothing else, there's always timeless things about God. Just the reminder that whatever happens here is just a tiny blip on the endless line of eternity. Just remembering that. However many decades or even days or weeks we have on this planet, we got eternity on the other side. Just remembering that is worth celebrating, even if that moment you're in right there at the at right there is hard. There's something that calls to the one part of us that's eternal in these moments. When we choose to see goodness, our soul connects with God's soul. That's why in the Psalms, it's sometimes it's talking to God and then it starts talking to his own soul. Have you ever noticed that? Is that my soul, my soul, magnify the Lord. Because there's one in the eternal part, the one thing about any of us that's going to outlast this world, outlast these bodies, outlast the good times and the terrible times that we experience on this planet. The one thing that's going to outlast, outlast any of that from each one of us is our soul. We, you say, come on. I love that new song, Gratitude. It's not that new now. It's been a while, but it's fairly new. I love that song. Come on, my soul. Don't you get shy on me. You know what I'm talking about? It's good. We need that. We need that one part of us that's going to outlast it all to connect with God. We choose to make that happen. And I believe with all my heart, that is what Jesus is talking about in the Beatitudes. When he says, blessed are these people. Those of you who are here a lot, we went through this, we've referred to that a lot. There's a good reason. We're going to keep coming back to it in the next couple months, I promise you. 
This morning, I'd like you to just say it out loud with me. And just to keep us on the same track, let's say it blessed today instead of blessed, just so we're, there's not just this weird echo going on. And I want you to remember that that word, it doesn't necessarily, it can be translated as blessed or happy like we normally think, but it's bigger than that. It means you are at a junction in your life where God and maybe some other people, maybe you, have an opportunity to do something that's going to shift things. It's going to get better. You're going to know God better. You're going to understand life better. Things are going to be better than they were before after this situation. Let's say this together. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's go back to the angels and the shepherds one more time for a moment. Talking about having something to respond to. You got angels showing up. But again, I'm, I'm with you. I, I understand this. It's always more complicated than it seems. I mean, we would think, well, if angels show up, you drop everything and you do what they say. Well, what if they lost their jobs? What if something happened to those sheep? Those were the Passover lambs. They couldn't just leave. What in the world? This is a complicated situation. Again, you choose to see the goodness, but you also have to choose to react to it. See, but in that moment, let's think about what they're reacting to. Not only does the one angel come and say, hey, today in the town of David, Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will see a child lying in a manger. Lying in a manger? That's weird. Okay, but it's an angel. So <laughs> maybe. Uh, okay, let's. But, but here's, here's where it gets good. Now there's suddenly a whole army of angels. That word host is translated army other places. And traditionally we think they sing. I have no problem with that. I think that's awesome. And I know at least in the military they sing their da-da-da-da-da-da-da, those kind of songs, you know what I mean? Maybe they were singing. But what it says specifically is they were praising God and saying or proclaiming. Maybe it was a song. Maybe they were just screaming it. I don't know. But they're making it very, very clear. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. It's that Kairis thing. And what's the natural response to Kairis? Kara. You rejoice. Something amazing happens. And watch. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. 
So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. No matter how naturally we might respond with praise and rejoicing, no matter how hard it is sometimes, and if it's hard for you sometimes, hello, welcome to the family. Welcome to being a human being. Welcome to being a child of God who still lives on this side of eternity. It's hard for all of us sometimes. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's hard. However it is, It's still a choice. We choose to see goodness and we choose to celebrate it when we see it or not. The advantage Christians have is we not only have the timeless goodness of God, but we have a supernatural ability to rejoice because the Holy Spirit of God lives in us. God himself is still with us in a way that he he can't be unless we surrender to him. Because he's made some promises. He's made a plan. He's made some designs that say, this is how you're going to experience me fully and how I'm going to guide you fully. But when we do that, when we choose to follow him, when we choose to celebrate everything that's good and share that with others, we get this ability to endure hardship that's timeless. And, And I know you understand this because we understand it about a whole bunch of stuff. UT fans keep watching UT even if they lose and lose and lose, right? I mean, I'm not picking on UT, but you understand what I'm talking about. There's still orange and white here in East Tennessee. It just still happens. So I know you can do it about God. I know you can do it about the stuff that's timeless and unchanging and always, always, every day worthy of what we remember. And here at the holidays, we always remember some things as well. One of my favorite traditions that my family does is putting up ornaments because they tangibly remind us of things that are joyful. Some of them are a little on the nose like this one. It actually just says joy. I don't know where that one came from for sure. But it's joyful. This one, there's so many. I'm not going to show you my whole tree, don't worry. We only have so much time. This is Odie from Garfield. What's special about this is I, I, don't, I don't even remember where we first got it. Uh, but I had this one when I was growing up in Papua New Guinea, like 40 years ago. This, this is one of the few things that survived all the way. Our house over there is burnt down now. Nothing's left, but we still got that guy. Um, Some of them are really meaningful for what they represent. This is a little crown of thorns. Reminds us about the the much more important tree than the Christmas tree that happened much later. This one, little handmade woven mailbox. If you just saw it anywhere else, it wouldn't matter that much. But my grandmother made that. I remember my grandmother and her love. These are my favorite ones. We got a bunch of these ones. It's the last one I'll show you today. We got all these little crafty things. They're not even that great of pictures. They're not all that well done. You wouldn't pay a quarter for them if you didn't have any context. But we got all these pictures of our kids and they've been packaged in cool ways like this. And those hang on the tree. Those are my very favorites. I look at those over and over and over again because it takes me back. I love my kids now. I love who they are as adults, but man, I miss them as the little kid versions. Those were good times too. 
And all of that is joy. No matter what else is happening that particular year. Here's my very last one. This is my very favorite. You know what that is? This is a Christmas ooter. Dad, every, every year he get, gets these and he'll play. I can't do it. I can't even show you how he does it because I can't do it. But he can blow, it, blow into it like a trumpet and he plays Christmas carols on it. And it's just, it's just the rolled up tube. That's all it is. But boy, that gives us joy. And we find, you find joy anywhere. Are you with me? You choose to see it. You choose to celebrate it. In the moments that aren't that fun, you look back to the things that are, to the timeless things that are. And that's where you find the hope and the power to go on. Another great story that doesn't really have to do with Christmas, but it's 100% about this concept of choosing to see and celebrate goodness and how that accomplishes things is the story of Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20. He's the, he's the king of Judah, the kingdom of Israel it's split into. He's the king of Judah and they're being attacked by several different armies all put together. And so as they're coming, instead of panicking, instead of doing a lot of other things, would have totally made a lot of sense in that situation. He gets literally everybody together and they all pray to God. He has this long, really beautiful prayer that ends like this. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And then all the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood before the Lord. We don't know how long. Might've been a couple minutes. Might've been hours. We don't know, but they waited. And then the spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And then it goes through like several generations of his family. So I'm just going to say he's from the family of Asaph who were worship leaders. We have several of their Psalms in the book of Psalms today. But the spirit of the Lord comes on Jehaziel as he stood in the assembly. In other words, it's in that moment where they're choosing, they could be doing anything. They could be packing and leaving. They could be sharpening their swords, getting ready to attack. They could be a bunch of stuff. What do they do in that terrible moment? They choose as one to come before God and say, hey, you're good. You're powerful. Please, something. And that's where God speaks what I need to hear him say, what we all need to hear him say, what the shepherds heard angels say over and over. The message he gives Jehaziel is, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The battle is not yours, but God's. And that's the whole thing. He doesn't even give him a battle plan. So then Jehoshaphat, as a good leader, he consults the people and says, so how do you think we should respond to this? After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. And they began to sing and praise. The Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Can you imagine? marching into battle and the praise band's out there and, and, and they're even unplugged. I mean, nobody was plugged at all back then, but you know what I'm saying. They're just out there. You thanks to the Lord. His love endures forever. 
But God responds because they chose to remember and focus on what is always good. And they chose to celebrate it even in a moment that didn't make any sense. Bottom line, this is it. Let's say these three words together. This is where we find the joy. We trust God. We can only really find the true timeless joy that like peace, like God's peace transcends understanding. We can only find that when we focus on him and his eternal love. We experience his presence that's eternal, but sometimes very tangibly in the moment. And when that happens, we naturally respond. Again, this is what Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman about when he said, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. And yet a time is coming and it's now come when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the father seeks. God is spirit And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. In spirit means several different things, but it's a big part of what it means is your eternal soul connects with God's eternal soul. And worshiping in truth means a lot of different things. But one of the most important is you're worshiping God for the timeless truth, for the timeless goodness of who he is, no matter what we're facing, good or bad, in the moment. Another great place we see all of this is in Acts 16. Paul and Silas are in jail for absolutely doing the right thing all day long. They preach, they cast a demon out of somebody and set that girl free from slavery. And for all of their trouble, they're beaten, stripped and beaten really badly and put into stocks in a dungeon. And what do they do? They sing praises. Not because they really enjoyed being naked and cold and in stocks. Not because they like getting beat up. Not because that seems so incredibly fair and just and obvious in the moment. Look how good God is to us. Doesn't feel like that. But they remembered these things Jesus has said like, blessed are those who are persecuted for my sake. And they chose in that moment to see the goodness. They chose in that moment to celebrate the goodness. And you know the rest of the story. I could tell some of you do at least. By the end of that night, this was a long day for them, by the way. It's like a 24-hour like roller coaster. By the end of that night, by dawn, they had led the jailer and his entire family to Christ, baptized them there at their own house. And that became part of the church, core part of the church of Philippi. Later, Paul, in prison again, writes this letter to the Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, 
Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. So this is our prayer. And this is why if you're here a lot, you probably notice normally we sing a little bit more than we do before the sermon. Since we're talking about joy, we put it at the end today. I want you to apply what we've been talking about today by how joyfully you sing. You think you could do that today? We're going to sing several more songs here at the end. Same as always, though, if you have a decision you need to make and you want to make that public, we ask you to go ahead and just come down here and we'll do that while everybody else is singing. Otherwise, I'll just be worshiping here. There'll be somebody worshiping at the back. But if you need prayer, if you want to make it public or private, we're there for you. But we're all going to respond. And here's my hope and prayer as the holiday season continues. Let's say these things together and let's mean it. I want you to look for goodness. I want you to notice goodness. Focus on it. Let's say it together. We choose to see goodness. Band, you can come on up. We're, we're going to do this. Okay? And once you see the goodness, I want you to intentionally, and remind me, if you see me walking around doing the whole Charlie Brown Christmas thing, Christmas time is here. If that's what I look like, remind me. Choose to see the goodness. And choose to celebrate it. Talk about it. Sing about it. Create art about it. Eat about it. Give gifts about it. Decorate about it. We can do this. Let's say this out loud. We choose to celebrate goodness. And the only way we can really do this is because of the most important three words we've said here today. Ready? We trust God. If you got something you need to do with God, do it. But let's all worship together. Would you stand and sing?